and welcome to Down with the Browns. And welcome back to another episode of Down with the Browns. Today I actually have a very special guest with me in Beck Janky. Uh, we actually were former co-hosts on Danger Sadie podcast. Some of you guys may remember that. And uh, it's just good to have you on here, Beck. Hey, appreciate it, Christian. Um, definitely good to get some Browns talk in. Been doing a lot of Ohio State recently with all the new coaching changes up there in Columbus. And I'm you know, super excited to talk about the Browns today. I feel like I haven't done it in a while. So, Yeah. Uh, before we get into the Browns, how about you just give us a little detailed description about what you're doing with the Buckeyes now? Yeah, Twitter. so I um I went to a pretty much full rebrand of my old Twitter account. Now I started this script Ohio report. Um, it's doing well so far. It's definitely it's definitely good providing good coverage this off season. I'm trying to do as much as I can. You know, sort of just hanging out. Not much like podcasts or writing, although I'd love to get into both of those. So I'm just sort of keeping my options open and hoping something pops soon. But definitely just enjoying this off season and excited for the next season for both the Browns, Ohio State, you know, yeah. I'm following a lot of college football, so it's great. Yeah, it's, I see you out there thriving on Twitter, so I know you're doing pretty good at it, and you'll do good whenever you get into that next step of it. Appreciate but uh, moving forward onto the Browns, some of the stuff we're going to chat about today on this episode is we're going to talk about the Browns that got picked for, or placed in the PFF 101 uh, for the 2021 season, some free agency targets in kickers, wide receivers, um, and just some other positions that we think of that the Browns may need. Um, who we think the Browns could target if they don't go wide receiver at 13, and some just free eight or uh, not free eight. <laughs> Some uh, draft talk, like we did a little PFF mock draft for the first three rounds. We did two of them, and we'll kind of go over our selections. And um, so we'll just get it started off with the uh, the PFF 101. Uh, we had four players in Miles Garrett, who ranked number seven, Joel Batonio ranked number 11, Chubb at 36, JC Treader at 89. Um, do you think these uh, players were properly ranked, Beck? I do. Um, I think one thing that stood out to me, and I know this was sort of expected on my end, but the season that Wyatt Teller had, I mean, I don't, I don't really understand. Like, he was so good last year. Mm -hmm. I don't know what fell off. I don't know what yeah. fell off. So I'm, I'm hoping to see what happens with him next year because, I mean, he was – he was the best tack or it's the best guard in the NFL, it seemed. So from two years ago. So I'm excited to see what happens next year, but I was expecting to see him, but I yeah. sort of makes sense on why he's not there. Yeah. I was, I kind of expected him. I went through two or three times, like just looking through the list and I was like, where's Wyatt at? But I think a lot of, um, like the reason he wasn't there and why his stats and like grades and all that kind of didn't grade out as they will as well as they did last year was due to Jack Conklin not being there and why it kind of happened to help out the rookie right tackle a lot down through the season. So I think that has something to do with it. Um, another player I was kind of shocked not to see up there was Denzel Ward. It's kind of shocked to not see him on there after the lockdown season he had this past season. Oh my gosh! I mean, he seemed. I mean, obviously he had the pick six, but he was the only um, cornerback who was able to guard Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, mm -hmm. obviously, we're post Super Bowl now. One of the best rookie wide receiver seasons ever. And mm -hmm. Denzel Ward, he had the pick six on him. Obviously, obviously the ninety-nine yarder, unbelievable play. One of the best plays he's ever made in his career. Mm -hmm. But I was really surprised not to see him on there, and I think. I mean, for how undersized he is, he's probably the best open field tackler in the AFC at the corner spot. Mm -hmm. So I was really surprised not to see him there for sure. But yeah, like Denzel was on a he was on a mission this year. A lot of quarterbacks were kind of like scared to target him this year, and it was I mean his stats kind of showed that because like I mean he didn't really have that many targets. So I mean, locked down on the lake. 
Totally. I mean, I'm excited to see Greedy Williams. He had a great start to the season. You know, mm-hmm. injuries. He's those. They've always seemed to rule that guy. Um, I mean, he was speaking of PFF. He was up in the 80s to start the first five, six weeks of the year, which was top 10. And he sort of just went quiet. And obviously, being quiet for a corner, it's not always bad. But mm-hmm. it was just a little too quiet on his end. So we were we were hoping to see more production at the end of the year. And that was also the time when the Browns really started to fall off on the whole team, if you want to look at that perspective. And yeah. going back to the offensive line, as much as I want to say that Wyatt Teller was good and he probably should have been the top 100, mm-hmm. the offensive line as a whole was not as good as it was two years ago. Like, obviously, we had the Baker issues, and that sort of um, amplified it where he just he couldn't really load up to throw on his first read. So he mm-hmm. had to fall back to a second which meant that you know the rushers were there but i would this offensive line definitely took a step back which is uncharacteristic for a bill Hall- bill callahan and, coached offensive line. yeah i think a lot of that had to go with injuries and we were playing guys kind of out of position like i don't think blake hence i don't think he's a tackle he's more of a guard and we kind of oh. there for a while we was having him at left tackle and then right tackle and then we was playing Joel Batonio at the left tackle, so because Jed was out and uh-huh. Conklin missing a lot of the season really hurt. Like Conklin would uh, him being out just changed the whole dynamic of the offensive line. I think. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, just injuries. It's always seemed to be a thing for the Browns offensive line, defensive line that, and obviously defensive backs two years ago that we just haven't really been able to escape. So I think we'll get back. We'll get to this in a minute, but I think we really need to look at this offensive line depth. Like, you know, love mm-hmm. love that guy named Blake, but he's just not going to give us anything when one of our guys goes down. Like, I need to yeah. still keep some sort of a level of confidence in my backup guard or my third string guard behind those guys. So I think we need to see that step up from Andrew Barry in the draft for sure. Yeah, I, I think that we end up getting a tackle and a guard in the draft or maybe some like low-key vets in free agency. Not 100% sure like on the names in free agency because, I mean, there's always like players you don't think that are going to be available around free agency due to like buyouts and because contracts hit that guaranteed money here pretty soon. Uh, with free agency coming up in exactly a month to the day that we record this, uh, yeah, it's I. I don't want to say thirty days because I know that's wrong. I want to say like twenty eight, due to uh, February being short. But yeah, uh, some. Uh, I think that we're going to be very aggressive in free agency. I know a lot of people kind of think that because Baker Mayfield had a down year, that uh, that a lot of people won't come to Cleveland just because of that. But I think we're going to be very aggressive and we're going to get some decent names coming back to Cleveland. Um, and I think we're going to – I think one of the first things we address is kicker. Yeah. And, um, I've I've got a few guys that I think we kind of target. And one of them guys is Young Hoku from Atlanta. He he kicked at a 93.1%, and that's uh, 27 out of 29. The only knock that I can think of on him is that he is a dumb kicker. And First Energy Stadium is one of the hardest to kick in in all of, like, football. That wind is whipping right off Lake Erie. And we got to have a guy that can kick in that wind. Uh-huh. Definitely agree. Um, it's certainly that and the Three Rivers and um, Steeltown and Pittsburgh. I mean, mm-hmm. they're the two just most underrated places to kick in just because, I mean, the wind could be swirling everywhere. That's the reason why Detroit has a dome, number one, because of how cold it is, and number two, because the balls would be flying, and they'd possibly be landing on the sidelines. Um, I definitely like young Ku. I mean, he's he's by far the best option in free agency. It's The kicking free agency, it's not always huge because although there's the four guys with McLaughlin, young Ku, uh, Dustin Hopkins, Nick Folk, and you could say Randy Bullock, I guess, as well from Tennessee. Um, it's just it's hard. I mean, there's always there's hundreds of guys out there that you could throw on to be in your um, NFL practice squad because there's so many coming out of college. 
mm-hmm. which leads us to the, the possibility that we could draft one. Mm-hmm. But I think Young Way, it's sort of Young Way Kubik bust at this point. I like Nick Folk. He's good. 92.3% of the year. Um, PATs, 89%. We can't have that. I mean, McLaughlin, he was 97%, and it felt like more that he missed. So Yeah, it felt like Chase missed a lot more than like stats show. Yeah, I feel it like, felt that way. Yeah, and like I mean, everybody just started to hate him there for a while. I was like, "Yep, we got a kicker. We finally got oh, one." <laughs> I said the same exact thing, and he was a hundred percent through like the first five six games, I believe, mm-hmm. which is mind blowing considering that he finished seventy one percent in the year for field goals, which is downright terrible. And there's a chance that he might not have a consistent kicking job in the rest of his career with those yeah. numbers. So that being said, with what I just said about um, young way cure bust, I mean, anyone else is better than McLaughlin now that you look at the numbers. Yeah, and but, one like during this playoff run, like just or just the playoffs in the Super Bowl, like I mean, it's came down to kickers. Like so many games in this playoff, in this series of playoff games, have came down to one kick or a missed kick, and it's just. It showed up, so I think that the uh, kicker market, <laughs> kicker market, this uh, this year is going to be like very vast, and it's going to go quick. So we got to get our guy real quick. Yeah, totally. I mean, dude, like some of the best playoff fun this year was watching Evan McPherson line up from wherever on the field, having him knock it in to send his team to the next round or yeah. tied up. Like, we need a guy. We. Just like what this playoffs told us, we have a defense. Our defense carried us pretty much throughout the whole year. Like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, our defense was the best part of our team, which coming into the year, we talked on our old podcast saying, oh, my gosh, this defense needs to get figured out. Joe Woods, what the heck are you doing? He was awesome this year. He was perfect. Um, And what these playoffs have showed us, it comes down to the, this guy named quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow, he was awesome. Matthew Stafford, he was good enough. Great receivers around him. Pretty good defense, decent offensive line. Quarterback carried him. Joe Burrow, I mean, great talent. Offensive line really screwed him in the end. I think if they would have had a better offensive line, like we do, yep. they would have won the Super Bowl. And the defense, obviously not very strong with the corners that they have out there. Um, I don't want to throw dirt on my guy, Eli Apple, but <laughs> we all know the story on him. Yeah, And I also think it comes down to kicker, too. I mean... Matt Gay is a pretty solid kicker, also another free agent. Harrison Butker, great kicker, probably the best in the NFL besides um, Justin Tucker and obviously McPherson. He's certainly mm-hmm. making a run for that. And I wouldn't be surprised if McPherson finishes top five all time. Dang, that's bold. Kickers, so <laughs> we got to have one. We got to have one. We got to have a quarterback. Our offensive mm-hmm. line, it's good. Defense, good. We got pretty much a few, few gaps to... Um, Phil, and we're back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and uh, moving forward, um, what is one like hole you think that we need to fill, like in those gap areas on offense? Like, what is? I mean, obviously it's going to be receiver. So, who's like yeah. one receiver via free agency that you think we should target? Well, you know, I've everyone has always got to say. We need, the, we need the wide receivers. Our running back's awesome. Don't even look at running back. Maybe if you want to look at one in the draft just to backfill for whoever. Somebody gets hurt. Two guys get hurt. But, yeah, we have to go back to receiver. Always our offensive line. Good. And I think you – I mean, you've swirled up a lot of DJ Chark news I've heard on your Twitter account at DWTV. Um, mm. <laughs> you've talked a lot about DJ Chark. I've yeah. looked into it a little bit, which I wish I would have done more, but – Mike Williams, I mean, hands down. He's the best receiver in this free agent class. He can go up, get the ball. He's one of he's probably a top three red zone threat. Mm-hmm. Just pure red zone threat in the NFL right now. I mean, he's one of the best fantasy wide receivers to have because he just he catches touchdown passes all day. He's big and I mean we can couple him. This is the thing in the draft, we uh-huh. got Garrett Wilson, Drake London Drake London. If you if you like Mike Williams, You'll love Drake London. That's sort of that's sort of my idea. But I could see us go. This would be the perfect scenario for me. We go get Mike Williams 
in free agency and we go get a guy like Sky Moore from Western Michigan mm-hmm. in the third or fourth round because that guy, 5'10", one of the fastest receivers in the draft. And I think we need to couple, couple those guys in this offense with um, big red zone target and a speed yeah. guy. Yeah. Because, I, go ahead. My bad. Sorry about that. Um, I, I just I don't think they come as both. DBJ, love him. He's pretty explosive. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he can't do it himself. And I don't know if Landry's going to be here for much longer. So it can't be Higgins and DBJ running the show. It's not good enough. Yeah, I think uh, I think how the Browns approach the Jarvis Landry thing tells you how they're going to approach free agency. Uh, if we, I think if we cut juice, we're going straight after uh, Mock Williams, Chris Godwin. I mean, I'm not going to say we're going to go after Devontae Adams, but, I mean, you might be in trying to make a push for him, maybe. I, I, I doubt we'll get Devontae Adams. But I think that uh, if we do cut juice, that's $16.3 million, I believe, just going straight to the cap, and that's more money for you to spend. And guys like Mike Williams, they're projected, that's what they're projected to make is that 16 to $18 million. So I think that that if we do go that route for a Mike Williams or a Chris Goblin, Juice will be cut. Um, I do. I think that Mike Williams would be a, a very solid pickup, like you said. He's a great red zone target. I, I what I'm kind of hoping is the Browns go for two just huge receivers to go along Anthony or uh, yeah Anthony Schwartz and DPJ, so we can have like one of these taller. Uh, wide receiver rooms because around the league dbs i've noticed they're normally like 511 510 to like 61 if you have these huge like wide receivers that have hops like if you get like a mike williams and a drake london man it's gonna be hard to stop that totally and because they're both they both got the hops they can catch in traffic i mean the only thing you'd really lose there is the like lateral quickness and just speed but i mean that's why we got like dpj and schwartz so yeah and i think we could definitely if we're looking at just pure free agency which i would be shocked if we signed two top end receivers in free agency but i also think we have to look at let's say we get mike williams right Mm -hmm. i would not be mad if we went and got like cedric wilson the guy from the cowboys who had that he lit it up against the uh, raiders he was awesome Mm-hmm. And I mean, he, he's so fast, but he's so little, and that's that's the thing is I I feel like we need guys that are fat that are fast, and I think um, Andrew Barry he did a great job by going to get Anthony Schwartz. He saw that he's fast, he's super explosive out of Auburn, good SEC school, but mm-hmm. like the big thing on him right right after looking at, as we picked him, I looked him up, I saw his draft profile, and the biggest knock on him was that he wasn't able to catch the ball which is kind of an issue. So I feel like we need a guy that can do both. Yeah. And uh, one guy that I think that's kind of sneaking and going through the radar that has a very, very fast receiver is Marquise Goodwin. I think or, he's like a smaller receiver. I think he's about 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, I think that's a guy you can throw in the slot because, I mean, if we do go that route and get like a Mike Williams or just a, a better receiver, um, we'll have to have that slot guy. And I think that Marquise good when you could get him on a lower end deal and you could just throw him right in the slot and he's experienced yeah i mean you're totally right i mean he's the guy that competes in the olympic trials right i mean as a long jumper like that guy's got some crazy lateral quickness you're right he is five nine he's 31 years old and i mean he's probably the fastest guy in free agency like that that guy can fly we talk about punter turner i like dbj as a power turner that's fine schwartz he's fine as well mm-hmm. but we need the guy that can do it all and i think goodwin can give us that but as much as i like him i really don't think he's that much of a game changer so yeah i th- him with a draft guy or a top end receiver definitely yeah i think that he's that guy you bring in just for like if you cut juice, he's that leadership, the veteran that you'll have in that locker room because he ha- he does have that Super Bowl uh, experience with the 49ers. Yeah, totally. So that I think that's one of the like just being there, getting to the game. I think that's I think that's just so important to have guys that have been there that know how to get there. I think that just helps out these younger guys and 
we've got a lot of young guys on this offense, and I think that'd be a big help. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, we look at Jarvis Landry, and we thought, okay, he's going to be a great guy for leadership. And sure, he was. He built an awesome culture, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure if it was just complete winning culture. Like, it was it was a flashy culture. I think it got us places, but yeah, I don't know if it's the one that'll settle us down and go win us the role. So... <laughs> We need guys that can go do it. Obviously, there's not many guys in the Browns that have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we need to go look at a guy like that, and we just we need to find a top end guy because Baker, Baker, you know, he's I think he's gonna be fine. Yeah, we, I could see us going quarterback um, next year, possibly this year. We'll get to that in a minute with yeah. um, mock drafts and stuff. But I, I really think we just need to get a top end receiver like. Case closed. We need a guy, whether it's in the draft, top of the draft, we'll get to that in a minute, mm-hmm. or just free agency. But yeah, uh, this is kind of uh, like just off your point is we do need to get that number one. And I think that that helps us out with finding out if Baker's our guy. If you fix, like, I mean, AB's went through and he's found pretty much, he goes through and he'll find the hole that we need the biggest and he fills it. And then the next year, he just kind of address. He he continues to address the holes. Like he's proved that he's he's finding what our weaknesses, and he addresses it. So, if he goes and gets us a number one receiver this year, and Baker just flops, kind of how his last year was, uh, I think that proves that he's not the guy. And then you move forward um, because there's no excuses. So if we get that. We have to get that one number one receiver just so we can find out if he's our guy. That's how I look at it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Baker, I mean, he's he's good. He's good, okay. It's mm-hmm. but he's not good enough. And as as much as as he is when he's at his best, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know if we can win a Super Bowl with that. And I really yeah. hate to say it. And I think there's times when our running back it can sort of or our running game can sort of mask that. Mm-hmm. But until we get a top end receiver, and until he um, figures out his reads and hands um, keeps hold of the ball, then I think yes, he is a good enough quarterback to win a Super Bowl. But now I think he needs to get sort of get his, his tag of the gunslinging Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo tag. I think he needs to get that away from him. So hopefully yeah. he gets that in twenty twenty three or twenty twenty two. And um, yeah, I totally agree with that. And uh, moving forward to another position, I think that we may have to fill is safety, strong safety. Um, with Ronnie Harrison's contract being up this past season, um, I don't, I don't think that AB is going to sign him. I mean, I don't think Ronnie was terrible, but I don't think he had a great season. And with the emergence of Grant Delpit, I mean, he's obviously going to be your starter. Uh, you're going to have to get like another guy maybe in that safety room, maybe some leadership, like a lower lower end vet, maybe decent price vet. And one guy I think that comes to mind is uh, Kareem Jackson from Chicago. Uh, he's 34. I think we can get him on a lower end deal. He's got that experience. He's a hard hitter, and I, he's a ball hog too, so. I feel like that could help out Grand Elpit's game moving forward. Um, do you have any like, you know, of any safeties or just any position that you think that the Browns could address other than receiver? Yeah. So uh, going back to your point on um, just our safety room, like yeah, like Ronnie Harrison, he was good. I appreciated watching him, but there was just too many dumb plays. I mean, it started off with the Chiefs game that really set the momentum at the beginning of the year, week one. Mm-hmm. When he pushed the coach, and then there was the targeting call, or excuse me, not targeting. There was the necessary roughness later in the year, and just a bunch of stupid calls that he just made. And it's like, come on, dude! Like we're trying to win here. So yeah. I think, yeah, we definitely need a replacement. And I look at guys like Justin Reed. Obviously, he is not going to stay in Houston. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, he was he was great. I mean, he had an eighty overall grade on PFF, which is seventeenth among safeties. In um, 2021, 20 to 2020, and I mean he's solid. He obviously, like I said, he's not going to come back to um, Houston. The only issue is I have is last week in uh, week 12, he was 
healthy scratch because of undis- um, disciplinary reasons. So no injury, which, I mean, that, that sort of freaks me out, especially coming from the, the Houston Texans. So yeah, as long as there's nothing wrong with him, that look guy like Justin Reed, Kareem Jackson, um, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you, you talked about him too um, earlier is that just, I mean, he's solid. Like he's not going to be your like Tyron Matthew, Jesse Bates flying, flying around the football. But I mean, he's perfect veteran. Mm-hmm. He's just solid. Like yeah. that's what we sort of hoped out of Andrew, Andrew Sandejo. Like we didn't need him to make big plays, but we need him to at least be serviceable. Now I think Kareem Jackson's more than serviceable. But now, if I look on PFF, his um his contract prediction that they think he's going to get this near this year uh-huh. is just one year, three point five million. Yeah, that's that's, that's cheap. pretty cheap. That's really yeah. cheap. So to give him that sort of money and for him to be that good of a leader, I mean, I like that. So, yeah, because you're going to have to pay Ronnie a little bit because where he's, I think he's just twenty five. He's still pretty young. Uh, so you'd have yeah, to pay no. him at least five to anywhere from about five to ten on multiple years, uh, and we really won't need. Like I think Grand Delpit's going to be a star safety for us. I think last year, because considering last year was technically his rookie season, he balled out pretty good for us. So Delpit is so good. He's so good. I'm. He's awesome. Yeah. Hopefully, I want him to get that like. Headhunter safety top Bob to him, you know, like you know, Cam like, Chancellor. Like, that's what I, I really want him to be. Yeah, dude. I mean, he's the LSU guy. He knows what he's doing. And we go back to it all the time. With Greedy, Ward, it's injuries. Yeah. If he says healthy, he's one of the best safes in the AFC North. For he's sure. the ball so well. The ta- tackling was the biggest knock on him coming out of LSU. He's one of our best tacklers. So, mm-hmm. We got that solved. Now can he just go nuts in the secondary and in coverage and get some picks? Sure. I'd yeah. love to see it. And he's I think a big hitter. My bad. I mean, he's gonna be great. So do we even need to go free agent? Yes, probably. Or we can go draft, which I don't know if I want too many young guys in that same room. But yeah. Grant Delpin, he's a great option. Yeah. Uh, I think that as this uh, secondary grows and jails together, because they're all pretty much under contract. I mean, except Denzel, which I think that deal gets done before free agency. Uh, I think that they're going to continue to jail, and they're just going to be this lockdown unit in the secondary. And when you bring guys in that have that experience or that Super Bowl or just vet that have been in the league long term, like a Kareem or even a like a like a Deron Harmon, somebody like that that you can get like on a lower end deal. Uh, and just bring that experience, kind of like how we had Malcolm Smith. I think he's been he's worked wonders on our set or our, uh, <laughs> on our linebacking group. I think he's helped out like young guys like JOK and uh, Jacob Phillips. And I think that's gonna help. Yeah, dude. I mean, this linebacker class or sorry, this linebacker unit, mm-hmm. it's big. You know, good guys around it. Jacob Phillips played on the LSU national championship team. Again, injuries. And I think it, it could need some shoring up to do, but mm-hmm. I loved how JK, JOK played last year. I mean, he was just as advertised. He can completely knock somebody's helmet off. He's good in coverage. He's quick. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. So I still expect a bigger step from him because although he was great, mm-hmm. I need to see that more consistency. I, I need to see those big hits more often. I need to see that awesome coverage and those big plays he makes. I need to see it more often. Yeah. So once I see that, I'm saying, okay, he's going to be an awesome player in, the, in this league for a while. But mm-hmm. as, as soon as I see it, then I'm going to be super excited. But I still think we need another guy. And we'll go to mock drafts in a minute. As we talk about, if we don't go wide receiver, or if we do go wide receiver on free agency, then we won't, obviously, at the top of the draft. Who else do we go for? Yeah. Linebacker, that's another position I could see us going for. Yeah, and... There's there's some pretty nice looking names that could be available at thirteen, like linebacker wise, like like a Devin right. Lloyd or a uh, Nicobe Dean out of Georgia. I think those two names you blind one of them up with JOK and Jacob Phillips, man. That's that's <laughs> that's an elite linebacker and, core right there. I think. And sorry, I haven't brushed up on this much. Um, what's Anthony Walker? What's his contract situation? 
Oh, uh, he's a free agent this year. So um, if the Browns want to retain him, I think it'll be like on a similar deal. But it the way I think that Andrew Barry thinks about that position goes back to like last year with B.J. Goodson. He signed one-year deals, and I've noticed he does that a lot. He signs these like short deals with these guys. He's like, okay, just prove it to me. And yeah. I, I think Anthony Walker did very well for us this year. Um, He's solid, dude. He's solid. I think we got to bring him back on a low – like pretty much the same contract. If we can do that, get him back on that same contract pretty much, maybe extend it like two years, make it a two-year deal instead of a one, just kind of – because he's one of the smarter linebackers, I think, in the league. I mean, when you've got a uh, – uh, what's his name from the Colts? I just – Darian Leonard. Is that his name? Yeah, Darius Leonard, yeah. Darius Leonard, yeah. When he – when you see, like, Colts players complaining about him go – like, him him leaving the Colts, and you're like, oh, man, like, he's – we lost a leader today in the locker. And when you see, like, all pro players say that stuff, you're like, okay, we just got a good linebacker. Totally. And he played awesome. really well for us, I think. Yeah, I mean, these guys, we need we need leadership, obviously. Every team needs leadership. But at the end of the day, we need leadership, and we also need some talent. So uh-huh. I, I, I want to see it from Jacob Phillips. And honestly, if he doesn't bring it, I think next year we go draft linebacker again. Because this the, the NFL, it's always a revolving door of linebackers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's no different than any other team, but I'm still not super confident in our linebackers because uh-huh. I don't know who's going to resign, obviously. But um, and there's a lot of great names in the top of this draft. Like I'm, I'm yeah. really impressed. Their last two years, it's been great with Micah Parsons. Obviously, he won Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, JOK was also up there. Um, Jamin Davis, your boy from Kentucky. Oh yeah, <laughs> among some awesome other names so i mean yeah. this is, it's there's been some really good linebacker classes and i think the browns i mean obviously they capitalized on last year's with the amazing trade-up and also jok falling i didn't see that happening ever yeah and i remember doing mock drafts with you we were saying okay we could go get jok and a corner sure enough we got yeah we were in the second round we were talking about if JOK fell to us. Like, we didn't think he'd even get there at 26. Like, we were like, yeah, we might have to trade up in the top 15 to get JOK. And we, I remember being really high on uh, JC Horn. That was the guy we were <laughs> we really Bro, big on. I was so depressed once I saw JC Horn go to the Panthers. I was, <laughs> I was still like, okay, we can still get JOK. Yeah, and we did once that. Once I saw us knock at JOK, I was like, and when we picked, when we were picking, I was like, "Oh my gosh, what is this guy doing?" And I still love Greg Newsom. I mean, yeah. love Greg Newsom on the pre-draft pod more than um, I did. But yeah, you were pretty big on him. Uh, so I was, which, I was excited to get him, but I still would have much rather had um, my boy JOK. And then yeah, once we got him in the second round, I was, I was pretty darn excited. So yeah, I remember uh, we had, we were doing that live during the draft. And you just see all of our faces when we don't get JOK. We're just like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. And then, and then like, what was it? The next day, mm-hmm. and we were like, all right, now we now we got our boy. Now you got to trade up to the thirty third pick and get him, and which we eventually did trade up to get him. But yeah, like all these all these other NFL teams, they had a whole morning and afternoon just to sit and watch JOK still stay on the board, and they didn't pick him. Like uh-huh. it's unbelievable. But, uh, yes, uh, going back to the draft, though, like, if we don't go receiver, which that's what everybody's kind of projecting us to do at 13, um, if we do go, like, a linebacker or an edge or just kind of depending on how everything lines out with free agency, um, like, who who would you rather have out of these two just linebackers, Devin Lloyd or N'Kobe Dean? Well, I'd still I, – I love – Love Devin Lloyd. I watched a ton of Utah football. He's great. He's awesome. He played well in the Ohio State game. Uh-huh. He, they certainly ran ran away from him. That being said, Nicobe Dean, he's one of the best. He's one of the best SEC linebackers I've ever seen. I've watched a good bit of SEC football. 
obviously living down here in Georgia, everyone loved Kobe Dean, and he just flew to the football so quickly. And I loved watching JOK last year, mm-hmm. or two years ago, no name, excuse me. And, like, Nicobe Dean brings that to a completely different level. He's a little bit bigger, bigger in the chest. But, I mean, that guy can play football. So I'd probably say Nicobe Dean, although in my mock draft, I did take Devin Lloyd. Uh-huh. I'd still say Nicobe Dean. Yeah, I, I'm really high on Nicobe Dean. Um, I know we've been projected. I, I can't give, like, specific names on the people that done the mock drafts. But I've seen some people, like, off ESPN and CBS and – Bigger sports companies like that, they've projected us to actually take Nicobe Dean to pair with JOK. And I think if you can get like a Nicobe Dean or a Devin Lloyd, um, somebody like that, I think that that would be a huge just pairing right there with him and JOK. And, I mean, you'd have them under contract for four to five years just together. So it'd be hard I mean, to stop. Yeah. Be so, it'd be so awesome. I mean, two. Two of the best linebackers in the last two draft classes are both on the Browns. And this is all after we go get a wide receiver in free agency because if there's a wide receiver there at 13, we're taking him. Uh-huh. So if we're taking a linebacker there, then yes, that means we have a wide receiver. So mm-hmm. I could see a scenario where we're pairing up um, JOK with Nicobe Dean while we have Mike Williams on offense. Yeah. As you said, yeah, like if we if we're going linebacker, we've obviously addressed the wide receiver room, and this class is just so deep at wide receiver. You're you can get like I think you can get a number two option receiver in like the second or third round. It's just that deep. You've got guys like Justin Ross and John Mechie and Wandale. Like these guys probably be like in like the second third round even george pickens from georgia i think that's a guy that a lot of people are forgetting about uh george pickens i think these guys will be uh, day two day three wide receivers and they're gonna be really good that's just like how deep this receiver class is yeah i mean we talk about it all the time we were looking at wide receivers last year obviously Uh and look who we got in the sixth round a few years ago Guy by the name of Donovan Peoples Jones. Like mm-hmm. this, these wide receiver classes are so darn deep. Everyone's good because there's so many of them. I mean, they come from everywhere around the country. Sky Moore, another guy I love, mm-hmm. who I talked about earlier. You know, five ten, super fast out of Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. In the draft where I actually had us not taking a wide receiver in the first round, I went Devin Lloyd, and then um the DN from Penn State, Arnold Ebbett. Eba Ketier, um, sorry, I butchered that. I know it's wrong. <laughs> um, and Sky Moore. I mean, we yeah. need an edge. We need a linebacker. And the wide receiver that we could possibly need falls right to us, assuming we get a big a big threat in the yeah. red zone in free agency. Yeah, if uh, if we if we do get that number one receiver in the PFF mock draft that I did, uh, I went to Kobe Dean at thirteen. I went John Mechie at pick 46, and then I went Travis Jones out of Connecticut at 77. Dude, that guy from Connecticut, mm-hmm. he is so solid. I watched some film on him today, just a few minutes ago, That's actually. tough. <laughs> and that guy can play football, dude. Like, he's he's everywhere. I also like the guy from uh, Houston. I'm forgetting his name right now. But Logan Hall? Yeah, Logan Hall. He's great, too. Yeah, he's, um, he's a bigger body. This interior D-line class. Is really underrated. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis, Hall, kid from UConn, and I'm still forgetting a few names. Like, this class is really solid. Yeah. Last year, the D-line class was pretty bad, to be honest, with them, in the interior. Yeah. This one's very underrated. Yeah, I think a lot of these kids in this draft, they go to these, like, not big-name schools. Like, you got, like, UConn, you've got Houston, um, LSU had a down year, which I think they've got a, I think they've got a really underrated defensive tackle and uh, Farrell Jr. I can't think of his first name, but uh, I think he's gonna be very solid. Uh, and I mean, it's just a lot of these guys they go to these lower end, like not lower end schools, just not big major football schools, and you don't really hear them, or they had like an off year, so you really didn't get to see them, and they weren't televised as much. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean. 
these D linemen, they can play. I mean, I'm, I'm really like, liking all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you said Logan Hall. I think he's great. UConn kid, he shows a lot of heart. Super tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, if you were to look at all these these prospects coming out of these smaller schools, I feel like all of them are defensive players. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time that I've seen a wide receiver out of UConn. It's always been the defensive guys, like the linebackers or the defensive linemen. Yeah. So I think these smaller schools, they're making they're making their money, per se, on these defensive linemen who really worked their tails off and ended up being really good. So I would not be surprised to see him on the Browns. Book it right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll, buddy, I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, but uh, moving forward to the, uh, the PFF drafts we did where – Hypothetically, we didn't address that number one pos- or number one wide receiver in free agency, and we draft the receiver at thirteen. Uh, what was your first three rounds on that? So, I had so actually in in this in this draft, the Giants they took Garrett Wilson number seven. So that left me between Drake London. Trayvon Burks, um, Jameson Williams, and I mean, you got Chris Olave there too. I don't think we go Chris Olave. I, you know, yeah. I'm an Ohio State fan. Love the guy. He's awesome. Great for the program. But he was our wide receiver three. And I just, I'd love to see him make an NFL impact, but I don't know if he does compared to the likes of Garrett Wilson and Drake London. I think they're way different players. And I think the the NFL players that are winning in this league right now, are ones that look and play like Drake London mm-hmm. and um, Garrett Wilson. So I actually had t- taken Drake London in this draft, although Trayvon Burks, he's flying up everyone's draft boards. Big guy, super fast. Um, I would not be surprised if the Browns end up taking him. And he, he I mean, his name's creating a lot of steam. Yeah. So I he's, think he's, he's awesome, dude. Yeah. He's so good. I think he's the more analytical pick. Because he, he, he's a pretty good blocking receiver. We run a lot, so and he's super fast, so you could do like the, like he's fast for his height. Uh so you could do like the sweeps, the motion stuff, and just the trickery plays, I think, a little bit better with a Traylon Burks type receiver. Um, yeah. I mean, speaking of analytics, um, there's not many organizations in the NFL that are more analytical than the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Trayvon Burks, we could definitely take him. Um, Jamison Williams, I don't know, dude. It's that ACL. Yeah, the ACL tear is still new, too. So that I think that's going to – I think he'll be a day two uh, draft pick. Or if he's not, I think he'll be a late first. Yeah, um, I think he's definitely – he's, you know, early day two. He's going to bed early on day two. Or yeah. he's staying up really late night on day one, and he's waiting to hear his name called. And heck, I could see him going to the, you know, let's see, Packers maybe, mm-hmm. or Patriots. I mean, Patriots even. I, I'm sure he'd love to catch balls for Mac Jones and Bill Belichick. But um, or or maybe the Saints, bro. The Saints. They, they might be needing a new receiver. One, you know. I mean, they've got know. they've got a mystery on their hands. I could see them taking Kenny Pickett as well, or a quarterback then, because I mean, this quarterback class, it's not good. Like. This is yeah. historic. This is one of the historically bad quarterback classes we've had. We've had in a while. It reminds me of the Geno Smith, EJ Manuel, quarterback class. Oh yeah, totally. And I think I saw you post something about that. Like this class is just not good, and I think it's just it's just completely gearing up for next year. And we have Bryce Young, <laughs> CJ Stroud, other guys like that. Yeah, and we'll get we'll get to a minute. Uh, um, the quarterbacks in this class, but I think you cross off some like I. I personally, I wouldn't be mad if we got Kenny Pickett, but I think we need to give Baker one more year because yeah. next year, worst case scenario, we go trade up and we get CJ Stroud and he goes and lights the place up. But um, I think yeah. we, we have way more we have way more holes on offense to deal with first because I I'm rather plugging in a rookie quarterback with a good wide receiver, two good running backs, and a great offensive line. Mm-hmm. I'd rather do that than no weapons because that's sort of what Jordan loves going into right now. It, yeah. it could be a rough one for him. Yeah, I think that if if they go if they go quarterback at thirteen, 
people are automatically in the hot seat, might not even make it throughout the season if stuff doesn't go right. If they go quarterback at 13, there's about to be some big problems in Cleveland, I think, if they go quarterback. Yeah, you're you're completely right on there. Unless and, like, um, Baker's already traded away or there's been moves made by where the quarterback position hasn't been filled yet and Baker's like elsewhere, that's the only way I see us taking one at 13. Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm um, going back to quarterback. We've talked about this before. I mean, Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky, that uh-huh. dude can ball. And he's had a similar similar season to Joe Burrow's LSU season. Obviously, it's not the same level of competition, but he's still a great quarterback. And if you look at the last few quarterbacks, where have they all come from? Not huge schools. Mm-hmm. The last guys drafted, sure, you have Trevor Lawrence. That was always the inevitable. Mac Jones, always the inevitable. But these these big quarterbacks, they're not coming like Josh Allen, Wyoming, Lamar Jackson, Louisville. Um, Louisville. And, I mean, these guys, they're not coming for, from huge schools. So yeah. I think Western Kentucky, that's a perfect example of a guy that he didn't come from a big school, but he can certainly light the NFL up. Yeah, and I think that if the Browns do go quarterback, I think that's a guy that they'll probably go after, and you'd get him probably on day three. Definitely. Day three, I mean, he's a solid pick. I'd be super excited to get him, and, I mean, he's not he's great. He was awesome in college. I loved watching him. Yeah. Um, he, he broke so many records. So, I think if Baker, if he doesn't have a great year, and, heck, we're paying, like, you know, a great, a fortune for this guy Case Keenum, mm-hmm. and he wasn't that great. I was really expecting him to be better because one of the things that once we signed Case Keenum, I was thinking, okay, they're not insanely confident about Baker, mm-hmm. but worst case scenario, we throw it to Case Keenum and he does decent. I was expecting him to be sort of like the Jimmy the Jimmy G situation, where he's just okay. He gets carried and masked by his running game and his great offensive line, but. Geez, I was expecting better. So I think, yeah. yeah, we might need to go back up quarterback, which will obviously backload us for the future. Yeah. But uh, moving forward, uh, I'm going to go over who I like my uh, mock draft was for those three rounds. Like if we do go, or uh, if we're going to go wide receiver at 13. Um, oh. So at 13, I have the Browns getting Drake London. Um, the more and more I've watched tape, more and more I look at stats, analytics, and all that, um, Drake London, he just kind of pops out to me. He's just a big receiver. He can catch in traffic really well, and he didn't even play the full season, and he had that good of a year. So, um, I think he had like 1,100 yards and like seven touchdowns, so... He's I mean, a, Drake London, he's the real deal. I mean, there's a lot of wide receivers I like from this class, but Drake mm-hmm. London, Trayvon Burks, and uh, Garrett Wilson, they're all they're all really close from each other at the top yeah. of my list. And, I mean, like I said earlier, if you love, like Mike Williams, then you'll love Drake London because they're both both big, fast guys. So, yeah. I think we I think we could very well see Drake London in a Cleveland Browns uniform. Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. That's who I kind of want at 13. Outside of just these hypotheticals, that's who I'm I'm really pulling for the Browns to take at 13. I think he'd be a phenomenal receiver for us. Um, moving on to round two, I have us getting Logan Hall out of uh, Houston, and I think that'd fill a big hole. I think that him on the same line as Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett. I do think we re-sign Clowney. I think that deal gets done here fairly soon. Um, but, yeah, you put him in the middle of that, 6'6", 275. He gets to the quarterback super fast, man. And I think teams trying to double-team and triple-team Miles and Jadavion, I think that just opens up the hole for him to abuse the centers and the guards. So, And uh, going on to that third round, I think we get uh, – Channing Tittle or Tittle, however you want to say his name, I think he's I think he's a solid pick for a third round uh, linebacker. And I'm not. I mean, I've watched a little bit of his tape. I can't give you stats. So I've not really kept up with the stats for him, but I think he'd be a solid pick in the third round. 
Yeah, dude. I mean, he was the one playing and get playing next to Nicobe Dean. I think he's great, and I could also see us getting um, Leo Chenal, the linebacker from Wisconsin. Obviously, who doesn't like a linebacker from Wisconsin? Hi, buddy. Last one we had, his name was Joe. He was pretty darn good. Yeah, um, left us for you know the inferior team. Ugh. He was one of the best linebackers we've had in the past decade. So, yeah, um, Leo Chenal. You you know how these guys are going to be. They're super smart, stout football players. They're going to hit somebody. And then they're corn-fed, wow. too. Um, that's what they do up there in Wisconsin. Or it's cheese. It's cheese, my bad. <laughs> yeah, I filmed so. up with cheese. Wrong state. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're solid. So I, I like watching those guys. Um, Leo Chanel, he's up there. Channing Tindall, he's he's good from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see more of his tape. And not as much this year. I'd like to see it from last year, too. I think he was he was good. He was good, and, and I think he might have get, gotten propped up because he's on this great Georgia team, one of the best defense, defenses all time. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to look for more tape from last year to see really how he gets off on the football because I think he's another bigger body. And obviously there's the famous clip from him in the national title game of him not getting his assignment right. And then he ended up making the sack the next play, but um, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm really intrigued to see how he – how he ends up in the NFL because as 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 much as I want to want him to be on the Browns and there's other guys that we could also take, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be tracking him because he's a he's a flyer that I could see him doing really well or just sort of not not really coming out as well. So yeah, I'm gonna keep an eye on him for sure. That's what's uh, crazy about these bigger name schools like a Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State. Like they've got the school name, so you're like, okay, we're gonna compare him to these legends that they've had from these other like just in the past and you start comparing them to them and you're like okay this guy could be the next yada 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 or be the biggest bust ever <laughs> like oh totally yeah yeah so that's what's that's what's i think cool to watch about these bigger schools like and like even when you draft him you're like okay he goes to this bigger school he must be good <laughs> so it makes sense yeah exactly i think um i mean these linebackers are good. This class is not – I would say it's good at the top. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say it's bad or mediocre in day two, but I'd say it's unproven. Yeah. There's Which a lot of guys that want to see playing by themselves because I think, like like I said earlier, Chan Tindall, he's surrounded by the best defense in college football possibly ever. Yep. <laughs> so if I can see him um, do well without – and I don't know if he played in the senior bowl or not. I wasn't really. I was watching some some of that. Some mm-hmm. of it. So I'd like to see how he did last year. And I'm going to look at a ton of his film. But I'd also like to see him in coverage because the NFL, it's now a pass. It's a pass yeah. free league, that's for sure. And, I mean, it's it's everywhere. Obviously, our division, Lamar Jackson, he doesn't like to pass the ball as well as much. But um, he can still burn you. And these guys, we got great tight ends. In this um in this division with mm-hmm. Uzama and obviously be a Fryermuth and the big one Mark Andrews who you know I would die for him to be on the Browns especially yeah. <laughs> had issues they have so I think linebacker is really important and I think as much as I want this stout guy from Wisconsin I need him to be able to cover and that's that's what JOK does really well yeah. so I think once JOK he puts that together consistently mm-hmm. then yes he will be one of the best linebackers in the afc north yeah i i feel like ever since i've watched the browns and probably since about the quail the, the quail jackson era of like linebackers i feel like we've always been constantly burnt by tight ends and it feels like it's always like the ravens or pittsburgh or cincinnati they're just like burning us because like i remember tyler uh offered always cooking us Oh and yeah, then, it's real. Like I mean, it just—it feels like we've never been able to cover the tight end, and I feel like we need to get that. We got to address that real quick. It's like these like no-name tight ends that have these like historical games against us. Oh yeah, I mean, I see this. I saw this play a, f- a few days ago. Brother was watching TV, and they showed the Mark Andrews play where Lamar literally threw it up like sixty yards, <sighs> and I believe he was being covered by Ronnie Harrison. Yeah. 
this is another example of oh my gosh, Ronnie, you're terrible. Um, but it was it up. Andrews came back for the ball, caught it like one hand against the, his side, and he caught it, and it was a pi. It was like, come oh, on, yeah, dude, that, that stuff was... just can't happen. So I mean, yeah, we t- we constantly get burned by him. I feel like Mark Andrews always catches. A touchdown pass against us. Yeah. And I although feel- I haven't seen it from Frymuth yet, I think he's still a really talented tight end. And I think he was Sewers kind of reached on him, but I still yeah. think he's great. I mean, Penn State kid, he's really good. So Yeah, I think that uh that Pittsburgh offense was kind of held back by Big Ben. Like felt like they were getting the ball out like in point two because Big Ben's not very mobile now, so or wasn't last year, so they were having to drop little like slant, little dink and dime passes, and a lot of people weren't getting like a lot of a lot of the receivers were getting yak yardage on these like little bubble screens and just little RPOs top stuff. So I think that kind of is why you didn't really see the big huge season from Fryermuth. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a fair a fair thing to say is this big man. This Big Ben offense was limited by Big Ben, mm-hmm. and that's definitely really fair to say. I mean, they've got some good talent. Obviously, they have Juju, who's awesome TikToker, um, great, <laughs> pretty good wide receiver. Deontay, he had a great year. Deontay, he was he was yeah, awesome. Yeah. I think his hands really improved, but they're still not at the level Mike Tomlin wants them to be at. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Najee, he was an awesome draft choice by them. And he's going to continue to get better. And I think, yeah, it's just all in a quarterback now. So I think the last few years, quite frankly, the Browns have gotten lucky yeah. with who the Steelers have had a quarterback. And I think those times are probably close to being over, which is why the Browns also need to level up and get a better quarterback or get better play out of their own quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I think that this next <laughs> season is a boomer bust for the Browns. Like next year, you've gotta you've gotta improve this roster, and you've gotta win next year. Like you've gotta be either a game out of winning the AFC North and making the playoffs, or win the AFC North. Like there, there's too much talent on the roster, and you've got teams like the Bengals came out of nowhere, just went to a Super Bowl. Um, the Steelers made the playoffs, and they were supposed to have their down year, and still made it. Uh, and then the Ravens were just hurt last year, all year, pretty much. So, and I doubt that happens two years in a row with that many injuries and COVID and protocols and all that. So, I think it's a boomer bust for next season. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's just it's tough. I mean, this this Brown, they're in such a bad division or such a tough division. Yeah, I wish we were in like the AFC South. Oh, Obviously, I'm, Cleveland is not in the AFC South. Yeah. But um, I just we're in a really tough spot. I think the Bengals are really coming on well. Ravens, they're always they're always going to rebound. They're well coached. Um, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, I don't know if I don't know I don't I really don't love him that much. I think yeah. he's not a great passer, but he's shown some serious. He's proven me wrong a lot against the Browns, unfortunately. But then he's yeah. proven me right a lot too. So, um, and then yeah, I'm waiting for the Steelers to go sign a really good quarterback or draft one, and then I'm you know back sitting down again really wondering why i'm a browns fan yeah that's happens a lot you know <laughs> yeah totally but, uh, so. before we end this episode i want to get one hot take for next season yeah dude um sort of sprung me out there um yeah <laughs> sorry about that. and that's 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 totally fine um i will say that the browns they draft a wide receiver uh-huh. and i'm not i'm not going to pick which which wide receiver it is mm-hmm. because that's too hard already but he will have a similar year to jamar chase oh and there will be a offensive rookie of the year wide receiver in cleveland hey i'm here for it man i'm here for it baker he wasn't great Last year, obviously, we know how we know how it was. Ninety-eight percent of the league would not have been able to play with that shoulder injury. No, they wouldn't. Especially, like Aaron Rodgers, he probably wouldn't have been able to play with it. But he doesn't throw. He doesn't use his rest of his body much on his his throws like yeah. Baker does. I mean, Baker gets his whole body weight behind it. So Which, for him to have that just that pivot spot uh-huh. not not functioning, it's really hard to throw. I mean, the pain showed. 
the decision making showed because he just didn't believe in himself. So I think if he could have the year like he did two years ago, then yeah, we're sitting really pretty and oh, yeah. he's gonna be solid. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Whether it's Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, um, Drake London, it's I think we have a wide receiver that's offensive player of the year in Cleveland. Or sorry, Aye. offensive rookie of the year in Cleveland. Hey, I'm here for it. That's what we love to hear. For winning awards, we're winning games. So that's how I look at it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's not many not many guys that are winning awards but have are on a bad team. So Exactly. Well, uh, Beck, I, I really appreciate you hopping on here with me. It's good. It feels like old times. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, of course. It was, it was awesome. I'd love to do this again. Um, you know, I wish you best of luck on this podcast. You're doing great so far. I mean, the, the rebrand, it's it's definitely definitely exciting to watch. Um, you've got some good guests on here with Tyvis Powell, which I loved watching that episode, Mecca Don, um, a few other names, and you know, your Kentucky podcast, that's also a good one. I listened to that a few times. Um, hopefully I'll be able to get on there too and, you know, oh, talk yeah. some Buckeye, Buckeye Kentucky with you. So, Oh, yeah, for sure. I appreciate you having me on, though. It was fun. All right. Man, it was, it was great to have you back on here. And uh, good luck with all your Ohio State script stuff. Um, hope you the best in that. And uh, go Browns. Go Browns, baby. I appreciate it. All right. See y'all next week. Ready for y'all. Ready to ball. Not on my team. We gon' get along. Orange and brown. Running the town. AFC champs. I'm loving the sound. Ready for steel. Ready to rave. Ready for fall. Ready to burn. See us. We come on. We start and we lock. We pass and we run. We touching it down. Cleveland, the city. We good. We get it. We been through the ready. We loving the Browns. Never will chill. Never will lounge. We are the dogs. We are the hounds. Never defense. We blue and we blue. So get on your feet. Cause we are the Browns.